In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Growing up, I had a grandmother that lived in the same town that my family lived in. She was a staunch, short German lady who had one theme that she always told us grandkids throughout life. It was never be kind or be gracious or be loving. Her regular theme to all of us was always, always, always keep everybody guessing. And she was a master at that. Let's face it, life is full of the unexpected. From the happy news of the unexpected pregnancy to the sorrowful news of the unexpected somebody dying. However, in both sides, in all of the unexpected, never forget that God is always at work. In fact, I would dare say in many ways, God is always at work through the unexpected things of life. If he wasn't working through the unexpected, he would be bowing down to you and to me today, granting you every little wish and desire, like some sort of genie that we come into the presence of today. If he bowed down to us and didn't work through the unexpected, you would rule the world. You would rule even God. And I would want to rule you, and you would want to rule me, and nothing could stop us. And yet, think about it. That's exactly how we operate, isn't it? I am only focused on me. You are only focused on you. And we're constantly demanding so many things from God, and we look like we are begging, but we're really not. And look at how we treat our neighbors, constantly setting up our courtrooms of judgments, complaining and griping about people in the store, in their cars, in your neighborhoods, telling them to pretty much go to hell for what they've done. And yet all the while, as you being good, confirmed Lutherans, Luther says that you should treat your neighbor by putting the best construction on all things. How are you doing with that? James says that from the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be this way. God works in the unexpected. God is always keeping you and me guessing. Look at the Bible. Joseph was kidnapped by his brothers, sold into slavery by his brothers. He was imprisoned and threatened with death, and yet at the very end of Genesis, he ended up being the one who spares the life of his brothers and the entire people of Israel. In Isaiah, Isaiah speaks about God using a man named Cyrus. Cyrus was a pagan king of Persia, and yet Isaiah says that Cyrus is the anointed one who is going to bring Israel out of their exile. Prior to our Old Testament reading today, Elijah saw God rain down fire on an altar in objection to the prophets of Baal. Yet when we hear of him today in his little cave, 
Elijah saw that God did not come to him with fire and earthquakes and wrath. He came in a whisper. Peter expected to tell Jesus he didn't know what he was doing. He was, after all, a master fisherman. Jesus was not. And you'll notice that the great catch of fish, some say that it would have been the equivalent of finding $10,000 in the lake. Peter was not jumping up and down with joy. The unexpected happened. And with his desire for more fish, he's left in fear and trembling. God works in the unexpected. In the New Testament, the chief priest Caiaphas tells the Pharisees it's better that one man should die for the people than the whole nation should die. He did not say this of his own accord, but being the high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation. Caiaphas basically led the people of Jesus' time, and even you and me, to have Jesus crucified. And yet in all of this, in all of these things, God is at work. He's at work through the pagan and the evil. He's at work in the evil things that we have done against each other and that have been done for us, then done against us. And you hear that beautifully at the end of Genesis 50 where Joseph looks at his brothers who have done all of these horrible things to him and he says, what you meant for me was evil, but God meant it for good. God works in the unexpected. Jesus comes to us, true God and true man, but he does not come to be served, but rather to serve. He works through foolish and weak things. He lays down his life for you. He goes to the cross and reveals his unexpected glory and life here on earth. He dies and he rises to draw you into himself. He was always keeping them guessing. I mean, after all, was the resurrection expected? <laughs> no. But even then, in the joyous news of Christ being risen from the dead, there was not jumping up and down for joy. There was fear and trembling. This was nothing new for the disciples, and it's nothing new for you and for me in this life. I would love to sit up here today and say, hey, folks, it's all going to be great. You're going to be blessed. The inflation's going to go down. You're going to get a great health report this week. All of your broken relationships, your sadness, your depression, and your mourning, they're all going to fly away, but that isn't going to happen. In fact, just throw me out on the street. If I do say that, God works in the unexpected. His work with you and with me is not some sort of dramatic, spine-tingling feeling. He does not come like the Monty Python hand or the shaft of light coming down from the clouds and saying, they're there because you're my people, everything's going to be just fine. 
God works through the, intervent, the unexpected. And I would dare say the way that that unexpected is, is through an intervention. Maybe some of you have watched that on one of the networks. Intervention. Family, friends have a loved one or loved ones who are being torn up by serious addiction drugs, alcohol, spending money, whatever it might be. And so they work together in an intervention, and the intervention is never planned for with the person knowing about it. It is always unexpected. The addict is stopped cold in their tracks by the family and friends. Interventions are always unexpected, and that is how God works with you. Great, Pastor, just what we love to know. He's always keeping us guessing. God intervenes in our fallen world. He intervenes and places himself in the way of our addictions to constantly sin against him and against each other. You'll notice today that I haven't been looking at the catching of the fishers of men or being the fishers of men or some of these other aspects of these texts today, as some sort of pep rally to go out and do ministry for the church. That's kind of what we typically have heard with these texts. That's not what's going on here. Look at these texts. Look at them in the light of our sinful, demanding expectations of God and of each other, and look at how God interacts and intervenes with his constant work for you in the unexpected. God works in the unexpected. Peter has his great catch of fish, a bounty. He has hit the lottery. And what does he say? Away from me, Lord, for I am sinful. But you'll notice what Jesus says to him. He doesn't sit there and say, maybe the expected. Yeah, you dirty, rotten sinner. You are sinful. You better have fear and trembling in front of me. Don't you know who I am? No. He says to him, do not be afraid. Jesus says, I'm not going anywhere, and you cannot push me out of the way. I'm not going to have your will be done, Peter, and he's not going to have your will or my will be done. That would leave Peter in hell and you and me with him. Jesus works in the unexpected. He speaks in the midst of fear, uncertainty, and doubt. The words to you today, do not be afraid. And yet he doesn't come with glorious pomp and circumstance. He doesn't come today with pyrotechnics and lasers and even technology. He comes to you this day with his still, small voice speaking his word. The still, small voice, the weak voice, yet powerful voice from the cross. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Words of forgiveness, unexpected in the light 
of all of my piles and piles of sin and yours as well. Not wrath, not judgment, but love. He comes to you this day, attaching that same still small voice to this little piece of bread and this sip of wine. As you well know, you receive the body and blood of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, but don't ever forget that you receive this day for the strengthening of your faith. You and I walk by faith, not by sight. In the unexpected, in the life of always guessing what in the world's coming next, he is strengthening his faith in you and our fervent love toward one another. Us going out against the grain. Us going out with love and light and mercy, being the unexpected in a world that is totally consumed on itself. So, where does that leave us, Pastor? I don't know. If you know, tell me. I, I don't. I don't know what will happen today, tomorrow, next week, or next year. Can't tell you what's going to happen to the economy. Can't tell you what's going to happen with your health or politics. You don't know. You're always, always, always going to be guessing. And being centered on yourself, me being centered on myself, ain't going to happen that ain't going to help make it happen. Plans can be made, but in many ways, in our selfish plans, God is always going to intervene and shake your world up on its ear. God works in the unexpected, for he says, my will will be done on earth as it is in heaven no matter what you expect from him. God's grace, his forgiveness and love will always come to you as a surprise. After all, he saved me. He saved you too. However, in the end, he will never leave you guessing about the future. No matter what you face in this life, joy, sadness, suffering, sorrow, or maybe things are looking pretty up. You are baptized. You are redeemed. You have been caught up in the net of the gospel. You are here in his boat, which is the church, and Jesus is in the boat with you, telling you Sunday in and Sunday out, do not be afraid. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. For at this place, as his baptized, he will always strengthen you to meet the days ahead through his love and his promises that are for you today. That can always be expected because he delights in you. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen.